Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Black Girl Creative. My name is Leisha Nice, and I am so happy that you are here. Blow you stay well. y'all all All right so we've been doing this journey through you know black girl creative pillars and today we're going to talk about storytelling and this is something that's really important to me that's really dear to my heart something that I love um (laughs) when I was younger I was a child my great-grandmother and I were like this close and you can't see my fingers but you know just imagine the pinky and the pinky the pointer and the middle finger just kind of tied together We were really close. And one thing I love doing with her is just like interviewing her. Like, I think I should have went to school for journalism, but that's okay. Um, And in a way, I'm kind of doing that now, right? Like getting people's stories and sharing them with you guys. But um, I used to ask her all these questions. I used to like, just like mine her for answers. What was it like growing up? What do you like doing? Like all this stuff. And um, I was just like infatuated with people's stories. And that really started back then. And so, you know, I don't know, she used to call me Leisha Laurie because in Philadelphia there was this reporter named whoever Laurie back in the day. It doesn't matter. Either way, you know, she was basically telling me, girl, you asking a lot of questions in a very nice way. (laughs) Um, But I never really realized how important storytelling was to our culture in general, to black people in general. Like storytelling is everything. And I really didn't even realize how often we tell stories and we don't even realize we're telling stories. You know, we look at our music, like our music is just a lot of storytelling, no matter what genre it is, right? If it's rap, you know, and people are rapping about their life on, you know, the street or their life, you know, as silly as it sounds, like, you know, the city girls be going in and they're telling you a story about like their story of survival. And for some of them, for her, for one of them, her dad left them destitute. And it's like, wow, like this is the reason why you do what you do. And I'm not knocking it. I'm not like judging them. But you know, storytelling is important because on the surface, people would just like, oh, they're not that complex. They're not that, you know, I don't know. They're not that like artistic. When in reality, they're telling you the story of their lives and their music every single day. Um, So it's just fascinating to me. And so, you know, for me doing the research and reading, you know, what little I do, I realize that storytelling has always been a part of all, part of our heritage as black people, but especially as like black women, you know, um, again, for I'm an American. So my people got here by way of the Atlantic slave trade and um, storytelling was everything. You know, they weren't allowed to read or write. They weren't allowed to, you know, do a lot of things. And so they thought they as in like the masters and all these other people thought that they would. Oh, if you don't. Don't let them read and they'll be fine. Like everything will be fine. And then what do black people do find a way around that? We made songs, we made quilts, we made art that communicated, right? That told stories, that gave directions and instructions for survival, but also like how to, how to get free or like, you know, singing songs in the, in the field, like it kept time. So like rhythm, like hoeing the ground and all this other stuff. But also it was a song of hope and of sorrow and of you know, again, how to get out of here. And uh, I think my people are amazing. I think people are amazing in general, but I, as a black woman, I'm amazed at my ancestors. I'm amazed. Um, 
And if you don't know the story of quilts, quilts back in slavery time, um, black women usually, you know, seam quilts together. And on these quilts, there would be little messages based on the shapes of the quilts. And so I interviewed Alexis Flanagan, and I'll share her interview with you all soon. But she um, is repainting things, like repainting patterns, those those same patterns um, on her own. And it really is like really a connection for her to her ancestors. Like this is the story that they were telling. This is the instructions they were giving and all that good stuff, you know? So anyway, the quilts, the quilts would have little shapes on them and they would have messages on them. Like directions on how to get free um, and other stuff like that. Like other, th- other things they weren't allowed to like explicitly write down because when a lot of them didn't have um, written English language, right? So they had to make their own. You talk about creativity and resilience, that's crazy. So they made their own and so they were able to communicate with one another. And um, even in buildings, like certain shapes, like in the Underground Railroad, this is, a, this is the shape of a safe place. And so it went undetected for years, like for years. Um, and again, this is the power of storytelling. And so what's crazy is that these quilts that they made, they would lay, like the white people would lay under them. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's a slap in your face because you think that I'm dumb. You think that I'm illiterate. You think that I am unskilled and you're laying underneath a pattern to get out of here. Right, like you're laying under it. So anyway, I just had to say that because I think that's amazing. So um, so yeah, so storytelling has always been an integral, integral part of our heritage. Even beyond slavery, oral history is huge. Like even in other cultures, right? Like oral history being passed down generation to generation to generation before there was the Bible, right? Oral history. And the benefit of oral history is that it is repeated. It is um, kept in the community. It's kept alive. And it's also helping into cherish and to um, treasure um, our story, to be able to hold on to it for generations and generations and generations. And so even though they took away the ability to write and read from us, we were still able to still share those same, those same stories. Um, so even in the songs, go down Moses, right? Like this is, this is still oral storytelling. And so I'm sure in other parts of the world and other countries, the same thing existed. I'm pretty sure, right? And I feel like even our music, like I said today, does the same thing. It's oral storytelling. It's all storytelling. It's all storytelling. And so storytelling is something that we couldn't not include in Black Girl Creative, one, because it's so important to Black history here in America, but also because this is how we survive. This is how we thrive by other people's stories, you know, anecdotes and, you know, um, what is the word? Folklore. Like the reason why these stories were told were also to tell, to tell and to teach lessons, not just like, oh, for the sake of telling these stories, right? To teach lessons, to encourage and inspire people to hope and to dream and to trust um, and to influence a whole group of people, you know? And again, through our music, you see that happening. Through our books, you see that happening. Through even meme culture, right? You see that happening. Um, there's a thing called Black Twitter for all of you who don't know. I'm pretty sure most of y'all know. And it's it's things that like Black folk would get, things that Black people would understand. And it's amazing to me how even though Black people have been raised up in different parts of the world, how a lot of our experiences are similar, right? There are things that just Black people don't do. There are things we don't say. There's like this uh, universal experience that Black people have with one another. And I feel like a big part of that is storytelling, whether through music, whether through traditions, um, there's still 
a line where it's like, oh, yeah, that's my sister from the UK. Oh, yeah, we don't do that either. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's still some um, familiarity between black people across the globe. And it's because of storytelling. It's because of tradition. It's because of heritage. It's because of holding dear, like, what we considered um, something to be treasured, what we considered sacred. And so we believe here at Black or Creative that having a safe place to unburden, like I said, to be all of yourself, like we talked about before, is important, but also having a place where Black women can share their stories and their art in the world. That's important to us because, like, we know, again, people not really interested in, you know, sharing Black art. Black art is desecrated. Black art is torn down. You know, here in the DMV, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter Boulevard, um, there's like, there was like this fence around the, the, the um, this fence up and people were putting up their art and their posters and stuff and people were just tearing it down. It was, this was art art. Like people were put, tearing it down. We were in North Carolina with my, with my in-laws and this was during like the wake of the protest for George Floyd and there was a mural made of him. People came and threw the paint on the wall. There's just something triggering about black art, about um, black faces, black features that the world hates. <laughs> you know, the world hates. It tells us every single day that it hates us. And so while I have a platform, while I'm alive and breathing, this will always be a platform to uplift other black women so other black women can tell their own stories um, can own their stories and not have to apologize for who they are, their experiences, the way that they think, right? They don't have to do what the world tells them to do every single day. Not if I'm here. Nah, that's not going to happen. Um, and again, art, even even like rap, right? People look down at rap because they're like, oh, that's not art. Art, Rap is poetry. Like rap is, rap is beautiful. It's sacred, right? And even the history of rap is, is beautiful and sacred. And so what I'm not going to do here is be like, this story is important and this one's not. No, we're going to come together and share all of our stories because they're all important. Because again, we're like this tapestry woven together where every, every, you know, uh, what do you call it? Fabric is different, but put together, it makes a beautiful, a beautiful um, tapestry. And so we believe in creating platforms for black women made by black women. My dream for this is to be able to have black women come here and teach classes, for black women to come here and give talks and to be able to, you know, sell their things and do all this stuff. And all this stuff is in the works. But for right now, what's really important for me is to get black women's stories out there. So again, black women's stories teach, they inspire, they encourage, but they also allow other black women to feel like they're less alone, right? They're like, oh my God, I went through that too. That was my experience too, right? Like, I know what it feels like to go to work and have to dumb down myself, you know what I'm saying? Or have to code switch. I know what it's like to go to a restaurant and you don't want to get too upset because you don't want to be looked at as the angry black woman, no matter where you are in the world, because we're looked at as, you know, overly emotional or bitter or angry or whatever it is, even if it's something that we have the right to be angry about. You know what I'm saying? I look at the different narratives, right? Here in the U.S., y'all saw, the whole world saw what happened where people stormed the Capitol and, you know, you know, they were terrorists. I'm just going to say what it is. They were terrorists. They stormed the Capitol. And the narratives used to describe them versus the narratives used to describe people marching for justice and for cops to actually serve and protect like they said they're going to do, right? Two totally different narratives, you know? Oh, well, the people who serve in the Capitol. Oh, well, they're just trying to protect democracy and they're just fighting for the country and, you know, whatever. They're just, they're just justly angered or whatever. Meanwhile, we're protesting for life. We're protesting for the sanctity of life, for, 
you know, for people's lives to be looked at as sacred. Like, people are so triggered by Black Lives Matter when all they're saying is that we matter too. Y'all treat us like we don't matter, but we do matter. That's all we're saying. But they will come in every every chance they get and be like, no, it's all lives matter. Well, sir, if all lives matter, I wouldn't have to sit here with this picket sign and say Black Lives Matter. I wouldn't have to get through your thick skull. And if Black Lives Matter, you'd be like, yeah, they do. They do. Like, if all lives matter, you'd be like, yeah, they do matter, right? So coming back, I digress. <laughs> but you see how Black lives, Black stories, Black art, Black experiences, Black people in general, Black bodies, like, they're thrown away as unimportant, as, you know, an inconvenience, as uh, an inconvenience disrupting the lives of regular people. You know what I mean? Black people are treated like that on a regular basis. And one thing about this podcast, one thing about this collective is we're not doing that here. We're not going to do that. And I don't want you to do that for yourself either. Like, I want you to be able to come in this place, in this sacred space and take a deep breath and to be all of yourself and to be like, I'm pissed off because this person treated me like this yesterday in the street and I wanted to go off, but I was scared for my life and I didn't because I didn't want to get in trouble. That's the story of so many of us. And so many of us experience the same thing. We had a meetup for Black Girls Make Music and shout out to DJ Awkward Black Girl. Um, she was experience, She was sharing her experience in the UK about how um, this, this, I think it was this woman or this man, this white person was um, treating her unjustly. And this is stuff like, it's crazy because you think your experience is, is the only experience like it and it's not, it's not. Um, and just her being able, we weren't even talking about music at that point, but her feeling safe enough to share that in that in that moment made my heart feel so good. It made my heart so happy because I'm like, this is exactly what I'm trying to create, a safe place for women to be like, I don't feel safe, I don't feel good, and this is why. And be able to lift down their guards and to be all of themselves because they're in a space with other Black women who get it, who get it, who get it. We believe in empowering and teaching Black women to tell their stories with their voices and with their mediums. So in the future, you'll see some courses and workshops on how to tell your own story with your own art or how to figure out what art you like based on your story. You know what I'm saying? How to marry those two things because I feel like when you marry those two things, that's when the good stuff happens. Like we go through experiences in our lives for a reason. Sometimes it's to help other people. Sometimes it's just for us. But a lot of times it's to influence every part of our lives, right? And so when those parts, when those parts of our lives change, then we can make change in other people as well and in the world. And we champion, we champion Black women to create the table for themselves. So, you know, ain't nobody, a lot of people, I feel like it's trendy now to be like, Black Lives Matter and to be like, oh, we have to put more women, more black people in executive positions or like giving us everything that we didn't ask for, right? We didn't ask to be on Bachelor. We don't care. Like that space was never created for us. And then that's a whole other conversation. But the black guy on there anyway, like he don't want, he made it very clear in the beginning that like, oh, I might not choose a black woman, right? So again, it's just reinforcing this idea. But anywho, so um, I digress. Let me come back. But at the same time, oh, let us put some black people, we'll appease the blacks by just putting them in the public spaces, in the public eye. And it's like, how long will this last, right? One, we didn't ask for this, but two, like it's really not making the important changes that we need to see in the world. You know what I'm saying? You think it's revolutionary and we're just like, girl, we don't even watch The Bachelor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like some people do, but most of us don't watch The Bachelor. And so um, these tables for us are only gonna be temporary because this, this, is a, this is a pattern, right? It's a pattern where, 
oh, you know, black lives does matter. Let's appease the black people. And then we're going to go back when it's convenient, when no one's talking about it anymore, when it's not popular or trendy, when it's not going to get a sales, we're going to stop talking about black lives and their importance. And we're going to go back to what we're doing in the first place. And so I'm not waiting for the world to give me a table. I'm not waiting for someone to give me a handout because it's not going to happen. They don't value my life. They don't value me. They don't value you. They don't value my people. And so because of that, I know that I had to take it in my own hands and create my own thing. And that's been the story of Black people everywhere, right? Black Wall Street, you know what I'm saying? Like Black towns and communities and businesses. Like we're not waiting for you to hire us. We're not waiting for you to approve of what we're doing. We're not waiting for you to give us like the equality we're looking for. I don't really believe we'll ever really get the equality we want in America. I don't think that's going to happen. Just being honest, like the way things are going now, it's crazy out here, right? But I know that in the meantime, waiting for whatever's going to happen to happen, I'm still going to create the table myself. God gave me a microphone. He gave me the internet. He gave me um, a husband who knows how to work audio and stuff like that. He gave me y'all, you know what I'm saying? And so what am I going to not serve you guys? Because I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to wait for a grant from the, no, like, no, I'm not going to try to prove myself worthy of serving my people. And in the same way, I don't want you to wait for the same thing. Don't wait for a table because they're not going to give it to you, sis. And if they do, it's going to be like dangled in front of you and have all these attachments to it. And like, no, do it yourself. Do it yourself. Create your own table. They don't want to sign you to a label. Create your own. They don't want to interview you on the podcast, create your own podcast, sis. They don't want to hire you at the business and you know how to do the thing. Start your own business. Do your own thing. Get your homegirls together and create the business yourself. You know what I mean? And I feel like that mindset, um, that's how I'm starting to think now is like more communal, more communal. And how can I get other people's stories in the forefront? How can I get their art in the forefront when they would be overlooked or, you know, like, oh, or the token black artist of the month? No, no. I want to highlight people in progress and process because they're worthy already. So again, we champion black women to create the table for themselves and other black women, right? So not just for themselves, bring your homegirls too, bring your community too, instead of waiting to be invited right? So we have courses, we have lectures and literature and media that we'll be putting out soon to help people do those things. Our podcast, Black Girl Creative, champions, celebrates, and uplifts women, Black women creatives by allowing them to share their voices, their stories, and creativity with the world. So not only do we have interviews coming up, but I really want to hear from you guys. Like, again, send me a DM. I respond. You know what I mean? Like, this last week has been overwhelming, but I will get to every DM. I will respond. I want to hear your story. I want to share your story with the world. I want to, I want you to share your art with the world. And if I can do that here, that's what I'm going to do by any means necessary. Um, but also, again, if you have a voicemail you want to send in to the podcast, I'll play it here so that other people can hear your voicemail. Any tips, any questions you might have. Um, what else? There's going to be a zine coming out soon. So I'm going to be calling all artists to put their art in the zine, whether you're a writer, photographer, They're going to be playlists. So even if you're a musician or a DJ, send me your playlist. You know what I'm saying? Send me your songs and I'll add you to the playlist so other people can hear you. Like, I'm really about this community community thing, y'all. I'm really about telling people stories. I'm really about inspiring Black women to get up and do the things, do the things. And um, again, all the details will be coming out about that soon. But I just want to touch on storytelling today um, because, again, it's really important to Black girl creatives and Black Black women in general. And... um, I want you to tell your own story. I want you to create the table for yourself 
and for your homegirls, for your sisters, for your friends, all them people, for your mommies, your aunties, your daughters, like create the table. Um, because historically, no one has made a table for us, sis. And if they do, they tell us how we can sit at it. They tell us how, for how long we can sit at that thing. They tell us, you know, we can talk about this, but not this. Like we, it has to be, it has to be ad friendly. No, no, do your own thing. Do your own thing and watch God move. Watch God move when you do the stuff that you're supposed to do. Um, there's nothing wrong with being proud of yourself. I don't think that's prideful. I think that's important. I think God wants us to look at ourselves as masterpieces and to see us as worthy. And you are worthy and you are a masterpiece. And I want you to get out there and do your thing. And I cannot wait to share these stories of these black women that I have. I'll be interviewing more people. So if you're interested in being interviewed, please let me know. I would love to interview you um, and to share your art with people, with the platform that I have. So until next episode, you guys, keep creating, keep telling your story, your story, your art. You are invaluable. Like you're invaluable and don't allow society to lie to you any longer and tell you that your stories and your life and your art and your being does not matter because it's not true. So until next episode, you guys, we're going to get into healing next episode. It'll probably be a short episode, but um, I still think it's important to talk about. So until next episode, you guys keep creating. I love you. Talk to y'all soon. Okay. Thank you.